can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Pools Show. I'm Rudy Stankowitz. We got something different, something special going on right now. I am here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Andrea. Joe Trustee. Look at that. We got two. See, I got Andrea here with me, my normal everyday co-host. And we have special guest with us, Joe Trustee. Unfiltered. Joe, say hello. Tell everybody who you're with. Joe Trustee here, Pool Magazine. I'm the, uh, the editor of PoolMagazine.com. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. Download on Google Play and the App Store. So, and Joe has a podcast as well. Uh, it's the Pool Magazine podcast. So, check him out. I've been, I know I've been on a couple of his episodes. I'd like to be on a couple more. They were going to be talking about increasing service and build prices with the uncertainty of a product availability and pricing in the future, which makes it a really daunting task. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to be a, a prognosticator for like the next two years if you're going to be uh, building pools or servicing pools right now. I mean, trying to anticipate what the market's going to do. I mean, you pretty much need a crystal ball out there. The quote's going to have to be something like, okay, well, we're going to do market price and see if we can't sell that because that's the only way a builder's not going to lose their ass. You can't bid a job for more than what, two, three weeks out now without worrying about another price increase coming in. It would have to be market price. And then as far as what product you actually use, brand, model, whatever's in yeah. stock, that's what we're going to install. That's what's going to be on your pool. And it could be all Frankensteined out with different model pump than the brand of the filter. I am not a monster. So we do have a couple of people on with us so far. I don't know if anybody else is going to be jumping in, but I see we have Corey Wax. It's Corey Wax, correct? Yes, sir. Corey, who are you with? I'm with a company called Alpha West. We're primarily on the West Coast. Uh, We represent 32 different manufacturers in the pool and spa industry. Nice. And we also have Mr. Jeremy Hine. Hey, guys. Name of our firm is Florida Leisure Pool and Spa. We are a state certified pool contractor building, constructing, renovating, maintaining, and repair pool and hot tubs across North Central Florida. So this really hits you hard as far as the uncertainty of everything. Absolutely. It's a challenge. Everybody wants, I mean, what I'm going to share with you is nothing new to anybody here. Everybody wants a pool. We've sold all of our slots available for 2022 to build one. Now the challenge is actually getting material and getting components for executing the the repair product, not so much the repair, but the construction project. Well, how do you deal with that? Up until two seconds ago, we have <laughs> always been and probably always will a flat rate 
uh, bidding process. We don't charge time plus material or the material. And yeah, sometimes we eat a lot of that for the increase in price. Uh, fortunately, we've not had to eat too much of that because it feels like almost every week we're going back to our database and adjusting prices for an automation controller to be installed or a replacement pump seal. So we're, we're constantly adjusting our prices, bidding a pool all the way out to 2023. Well, we've gambled and we've added a considerable amount to that package cost in the hope that we won't have to eat too much between now and 2023. Does that make you nervous? Yes, absolutely. It would have me stress the f- out. Seriously, I would be. <laughs> but it is a little stressful. <laughs> I would rip out what hair I have left and, and that ain't much. We spend <laughs> all of that deposit and we ask for a very hefty deposit up front, 50, sometimes 60%. And with that deposit, we place the order for the component now, not tomorrow, but now. And because the projects are scheduled so far out, we've been pretty fortunate that local distribution has been able to get one here and get one there. And so far, we've been blessed, if you will, that we haven't had to Frankenstein anybody's pool project. So you offer a very short time limit on your quotes then. It's right now. And then you can order the part. That is that is correct. Yep. We we order it as soon as we get the money and we're not we're, there is no delay. We'll, we'll quote somebody today and in writing we'll hold the quote for 30 uh, for uh, for 7 days. It used okay. to be for 1 month, but now it's just 1 week. I think what Jeremy is doing is what on the builder side a lot of my larger builders are doing. Uh, they're communicating to distribution and the customer like, listen, I need the money now from you, Mr. Homeowner, because prices are going up and they're going to distribution right now saying, I need this equipment by this date, make it happen. Uh, and they're really relying and leaning on the relationships with the individual branches. Uh, the people that are truly suffering are the guys that have really large territories that don't go in the branches often because they're ordering through a web portal. So when they go into that random branch, that's you know not their normal branch, that branch manager and those counter guys don't recognize that individual. So those supplies are magically not there because they're reserving it for their core customers, uh, which again, those core customers are relying on those relationships. I think the idea uh, specifically on service charging for chemicals is going to be a, a widespread thing. We don't go to uh, get a our car serviced and they don't just give us a flat rate. They have to look up the parts. They have to quote us on the part, parts, the labors, any of the fluids that are uh, included on that. We are so far behind as an industry. And when it comes to that scale, it's, it's, it's harmful. We've been shielding, we've been protecting the end user for so long that when we finally do have to make this move, guess what? We look like the enemy. We look like the greedy individuals trying to make an extra buck. But that's not the case. You guys are business owners and, and, and have to make a buck too. But the point is, we can't quote anything going out into the future. And Jeremy's, the way he's doing it is probably the way everybody's going to need to do it. We'll give you seven days on the quote. After that, it's market price. It is whatever it is when you yep. pay me. And yep. it can't go out further than that. And that's the way the builders are going to need to do it and to ensure that they don't lose their asses doing this. So the service companies, on the other hand, that's a big challenge there because that price is ongoing. They have the regular customers that pay them monthly. Now they need to make a price increase and they have no idea how many 
price increases they themselves are going to face mm-hmm. before Memorial Day. Yep. If you have a service company and you're trying to estimate your costs so you can your pricing, you're kind of screwed because right now it's a total guess. We know everybody's pricing on everything is going up in October all across the board, equipment, chemicals, everybody's announcing price increases for October. Great. What happens in December? What happens in February? What happens in March and then in April? What are we dealing with then? You know what? You bring up a great point. And and like I said, I've had major service companies move away from that flat rate, trying to incorporate uh, chlorine costs and adjusters costs uh, and absorbing that to charging for chemicals. You get one rate for us showing up, testing and cleaning the pool. And then everything that we have to add, you get charged for. It was a situation in my territory where those service companies were, they were frowned upon. You had multiple legacy service companies come to that that company and say, you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're going to implode within six months. Your your accounts are going to leave. The exact opposite happened. While the other guys are scrambling to continuously raise their price, the company that came forward and explained to their customers the situation, laid it out before them and uh, solidified their pricing structure, their customers understood the situation. They did their own research. They see what's going on. So those customers became a lot more uh, willing to see the costs go up versus the customers with service company B that are on, you know, that flat rate, again, getting that quarterly or in this last year, it seemed like even more than that price increases. It didn't seem consistent. And that would work. And I get it. If we could guarantee the prices for a couple of months out, the problem is, is I'm going to have to go in and say, okay, here's my hourly rate. This is what I charge the service pool hourly. And then you have to pay the chemical fees on top of that. And when the customer says, how much does it cost? Because they're going to want to know. And if I have a flat rate in a normal year and I'm going to do that, they can look it up. Even if there's moderate price increases throughout the season, that's cool. But these things are jumping up dramatically in short periods of time, it's going to be all over the board. And I just can't tell you what it's going to cost chemically to run your pool this year. We all have access to some web portal where our distributor can well, give I you understand. a price. I so understand. That information's there. It's just the challenge is just putting in the extra effort to connect the dots. Well, it is. And, and but it depends on the frequency, too, because that's going to be what aggravates the pool owner. You know, I agree with what you're saying. It's not like we, we're not going to be able to find that information and charge the right price. If we do it that way, I'm worried about how it's going to be perceived if it keeps going up. I know you guys are going through it on the uh, on the service side. I mean, they're saying the same thing on the build side as well. I mean, there's just huge logistic delays. I mean, we've seen prices soaring over the past year because of delays getting freight onto and off of the ships. I mean, you got 65 cargo ships right now that are sitting queued up outside two of the biggest ports in America. My own state of California handles about 40% of all the cargo containers. And uh, the problem is, is that there's nobody to unload the cargo and no trucks to deliver any of it. Uh, You know, we in for a a repeat of last year in terms of uh, total catastrophe and balls up we saw this year. I mean, I think so. I don't like to think of myself as a glass is half empty type of guy, but I definitely think the majority of the industry went into this season wearing rose colored glasses. You know, it's awesome that we've had all this demand, but you need the product in order to capitalize on any of it. Uh, You sound like a Cali guy, Joe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) 
<laughs> but with that, you know, that's the whole thing. 2021 was supposed to be the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Then who was it? Was it a- Avery Edwards? She's not here. I wish she was, but she went and tagged it as a shit show. Shit show. Which I think probably about covers it best. And it's just going to be a lot of guesswork. And there's a lot of people that are really stressing out over the whole situation. Honestly, I think that it would cause a major freak out with some people that, you know, some of the client base, you know, some of the customers that we target down here, it's hard enough to get a decent rate for the services that you provide without them telling you that, you know, I've mentioned this before, that they can get the service for cheaper. And then now on top of not being able to get the products we need, like right now, I had a problem getting stabilized. And so, you know, whether that be the labor issues that they were talking about, you know, there's the chemical shortages still going on. I like the idea of including chemicals separately, honestly, like I think that would benefit our market in South Florida, but it would have to be like everybody getting on board all at the same time. No, no, no. And let's play this out. Let's just play this out because I love playing devil's advocate. And and I love the fact that we were able to get together on such a short notice and put this conversation together because our industry needs this. We're in a time where we need to be able to come together and unite and not fracture and point fingers. So you are the individual, you're the service company out there, right? That just like everyone else, you're charging your flat rate. And you decide right now, I'm going to notify all my customers that they're going to be charged X amount a month for me to come there and and to clean the pool and to balance it. But they're also going to be responsible for paying for the chemicals on the other end. You've explained that. You've educated that to your customer. Your customer's in shock. Holy crap. What am I going to do? The most extreme case, they're going to call a different pool professional. The pool professional is going to slam you. Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. Guess what? That pool professional is in the same boat you are. They're buying the same chlorine that you are. Over the next 12 to 18 months, your costs are not going down. They're going up anywhere from 5 to 50%. There are business owners, owners out there right now that are saying to themselves, I'm going to go pull out a $100,000 loan just to buy the product because at 8 10% on that loan, I'm still saving versus waiting for those price increases. Regardless of that, again, they go to that other professional that slams you and says, <laughs> I can't believe she's doing that, taking advantage of the market. Well, what's going to yeah. happen when that service company takes that client over and after four months they get price increase after price increase after price increase and they go back to them and say i thought you you said that this wasn't going to be a thing you said that that lady was incorrect and that that she was taking advantage of me i feel like i'm being taken advantage of because i just got done getting all these price increases i communicated to you as the professional that i felt uncomfortable with my last professional what's the honesty what's the truth here and in our industry truth honesty, that integrity and relationship with a homeowner is key. I get that. And that works. My concern is, is that the rate, the prices are increasing. What happens if that person who is charging separately for chemicals has to do the same thing? Every month it goes up, it goes up, it goes up. Not like we're seeing just one price increase a season now. This is something we've already had to deal with. Then we have to look at shift in product. I go to buy the liquid chlorine that I normally put in, right? Like Andrea does. She goes to the distribution center or Jeremy does. He goes to the distribution center. Sorry, we don't have any liquid chlorine. Nobody can tell me that didn't happen this year. It happened everywhere this year. So guess what? The only thing I have in stock is granule trichlor. Buy it or go look somewhere else. 
So now they have a decision. Obviously, that's a more expensive product. So now not only are we looking at the increases in liquid, we're looking at the possible increase of having to switch to a different product and use something entirely different as we go through this. Because I'll tell you, chlorine scarcities that we saw in 2021, I don't think they're going away. I think there's going to be a little bit of a lull for the winter months because the North is closed and that gives everybody a chance to catch up a little bit. But there's no way for these manufacturers of chemicals or equipment to predict their product needs for this season because last year was a shit show again. Shit show. And they have nothing to base it off of. We grew exponentially in 2020. Due to the pandemic, right? Pools went in the ground everywhere. Everybody was happy. 2021, we didn't have the product. So nobody knows what that actual demand is. All right. It's not a toilet paper craze. I mean, this this stuff is really going on. You know, I'm Biolab yeah. uh, bid close. You know, I mean, it's not coming back online for another year. I mean, that, that put a huge uh, crunch on uh, the supply. You know, I mean, it's uh, a realistic thing that we're going through. And to, Compare it to, you know, uh, a toilet paper craze at Walmart. I think it does an injustice to what everybody in the industry is really going through, you know? Absolutely. And you know what? And not a lot of people know that tidbit that you just shared about Biolab not going back online for a year because they had told everybody they were planning to reopen that factory in its uh, Westlake, right? In Westlake in april of 2022 but then we had another hurricane come through and it backed that up quite a bit as well that slowed down production and caused all kinds of issues so the opening date on that factory is up in the air occidental up at niagara falls they closed so that supply is gone we had another manufacturer in alabama a chloralkali manufacturer shut down i mean these things are still going on so we can't say that 2022 is a light at the end of the tunnel it is another unknown and maybe it's more scary than 2021 because now we know what scary can look like yeah i mean i i can i can tell you something i told the national plastic council uh a couple of weeks ago. I mean, basically, I'm on a lot of the homeowner groups, you know, just to keep a pulse with the consumers. And I see a lot of goodwill being lost out in the market because of the problems hampering the industry right now. I mean, how do you tell a customer that just bought a pool that their shell is 10 weeks out or that their hardscape water is like three to four months out because it's stuck on a boat somewhere? I mean, you know, we're all stretched thin in this industry and so much demand and not enough skilled labor. I mean, we're seeing more and more consumer complaints. You know, builders are rushing through jobs at a frenetic speed to keep up with this demand. And the quality is just going by the wayside. There's not even the chemicals to do the startups on these pools in a lot of cases, you know? I was just going to say that there's been a lot of scammers too out there that the, all the stories of the builders that are just taking on contracts and stuff like that too. So that probably adds to a lot of stress of the industry. Well, you got to understand these homeowners and Joe, you see it. They're not as accepting of these issues as we are. And I don't know why we are. We just are, right? Oh, there was this and there was that. Now there's a labor shortage and there's no plastic. So we don't have the chloralkali to make the liquid chlorine. We don't have anybody to put the liquid chlorine in a bucket and because there's no plastic we don't have a bucket to put the chlorine in then there's no drivers so we couldn't get it to you if we had it anyway and this is what we've been dealing with all year and we're like you know we're not happy about it but we're accepting of it homeowners are not well yeah it's to go to Corey's position i mean i do understand what he says 
in terms of, you know, well, you know, when you take your car to the mechanic, you know, the mechanic is going to look up the prices and tell you, you know, how much the brake pads are going to cost you. All right. But we're not talking about, you know, a small ticket item here like uh, that you associate with a car. We're talking about a product that costs, you know, upwards of $100,000 if you get a nice pool. All right. And the price just keeps going up and up and up. And the maintenance costs just keep going up and up and up. And the consumers are just like, you know, what am I in store for? What am I what am I getting into? Well, the price of pool ownership is going up. I mean, you need to be prepared for that. And a lot of these homeowners that get sticker shock after the fact, they figure, you know, I've, I've invested $100,000 in this pool, and now it's going to cost me how much to maintain it every month, plus all of the other costs that are associated with it. You know, it becomes a real question, you know, how, how much do you want this pool? I think Corey's absolutely correct that that's what we need to do. And I think there's a way we're going to need to go about it. Like Jeremy's doing, he's guaranteeing the pricing for seven days out. And then after that, it's market price. I think Corey's correct. We're going to have to charge for labor, for service. Chemicals are going to have to be separate. And that's going to have to be market price. And I think to do a solid for our customer base, when we buy the product for the upcoming month, that's when we can put together our prices for that product that we just purchased and let them know at least what it's going to be for the month that we're in and then do it that way every single month. That's the only way I can see that it works where it's going to be palatable and it's still going to piss off a lot of people. I mean, we're talking about folks that haven't raised their prices in 10 years because they've been worried they were going to lose a customer over $5. If anyone has bought a car recently, they're going through the exact same thing we're going through times 100 as far as the automotive industry to the pool and spa industry. Shortages, labor issue, freight issues, you name it, it's there. If you want to go buy a car today, you can go still do that. You want to know why? Because you're going to spend over market value for that car. And guess what's happening right now throughout the car industry? Every single automotive uh, manufacturer out there is on record sales right now. Record sales, record margin. Why? Do you think I want to spend $20,000, $30,000 over the market MSRP for a truck? Absolutely not. But I want one that bad or I need one that bad. That's the same mentality. It's the same high-end, high-dollar thing that we're selling. Listen, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I understand that you want this pool. This is the market conditions that we're dealing with. This is the variables that we have. This is why I have to do that. Our market, like you said, guys have been afraid to, to raise their prices, whether it's service to their builds for the last 10 years because they're afraid of losing their customers. We've undervalued our industry. We've undervalued the builder, the service professional, the retailer. That's the core problem here. It's not the price increases. The price increases, they're going to happen. Sure, the percentages are crazy and we're freaking out because we can't get what we can't get. But reality is the core problem We've undervalued us. We don't see ourselves as an industry of true professionals as a whole. That's why we're able to walk in there and go bottom the barrel of prices. No, if you are a professional and you are legitimately confident in your work and we have these professionals in our industry, they, they go straight to the top. This is what I'm going to do it for. And there's no questions asked because if you don't like it, then you're not my client. And the reality is, is that's not being snooty. That's not being too self-involved. The reality is, is the majority of our industry has more education in it than most industries in the specialty industry. And that education is self-driven. We don't have people going around the country saying, I want to teach you everything about the pool industry from top to bottom. And it's uniform across the industry. We have CPO certification courses. We have IPSA courses, APSP courses. Yes, but nothing truly unified. So the education that we do have, that value that we have, 
again, that's super unappreciated. And I believe that started within, without. And this is that time where it gives us the chance to truly value our, our industry and, and get the value in the dollar amount that we deserve. But two, it's going to force so much education up, upon us that I'm, I'm actually excited. Yes, this is a dark time, but I look at this as one of the most brightest times for opportunity for knowledge that's ever came across us from coast to coast. There's been no greater time that people have been worried about where am I going to get chlorine? So because of that, more people are educated on enzymes. They're educated on UV, AOP, ozone, mineral sanitizers than ever before. People are so concerned about pumps and single speed and variable speed that the variable speed savings and phenomenons coming coast to coast. Granted, that's that's been forced on by the feds. But my point is, is that this time is is a time for us to truly evolve and come out a lot better than when we entered. So it's our dark ages and we're dealing with dragons. And I get that. And I agree with you. I'm not I'm not knocking you, but that's what I'm equating it to, because after that, there was big booms in industry. So I do agree. I think there's a large amount of pool professionals out there that don't undervalue what they do. They're very, very unnerved by what they've already been charging because they know that it's not what they're worth. I, but I think they know their value. I think the problem is, is that you have so many low ballers that come into an area and undercut the market that they diminish the value of the product. And then it's challenging to get over market value. Now I'm going to refer to Jeremy just here for a second. Hopefully he's still listening because I know for a fact that he charges higher than market value. He's one of the folks that I know that do that. He knows that I was one of the folks that did that when I had service company. And to be honest with you, the prices that I charged 10 years ago are still higher than some folks are charging now. This past November was the first time we had raised our maintenance prices in probably two years. Prior to that, it was maybe 20% of our client list would get raised every quarter, maybe three to 5% just because. But I I think what we'll probably do between now and Halloween is that we will just across the line, raise everybody at least 7%, maybe 15%. It's going to reduce the number of clients that we will service, which is good because we've got too many clients and just does fine because we don't have enough workers to fill the slots to clean all those pools. What does Lacey do? She does pool construction. Where are you located? Eastern Washington. We were very lucky in that we kind of saw it coming and we had bought a 6,000 square foot like storage building. So we, I had um, all the equipment set aside for all my pools for the summer. We don't do a ton of pools. We do usually 17 to 25 a year and just focus on making them a little bit more custom. And then we also have a retail store. My husband runs the retail and spa sales side of things and service. Jeremy raises his prices every year by a certain percentage just because. We're lacking that. And if you've been doing that all along, more price increases are easier because they know you raise your prices. Yeah. It should be super scary for folks who haven't raised their prices in 10 years. It's also a little bit disheartening because you're actually becoming less profitable because inflation hasn't stopped. All the prices at the distributors have continued to go up over the last decade and you're not charging more. So the only thing that means is you've been less and less profitable every year. Now we're faced with this situation where you have to make a price increase and it's daunting. 
you need to rip off the Band-Aid. Go with the flat rate market price on chemicals. Let them know each month what the chemical cost is going to be for that month. If they don't like it, tough. That's just the way that it is. I like that idea, too. You know, what we're seeing is, you know, more and more established builders racking up uh, consumer complaints, litigations, and guys are going upside down on jobs because of poor cash flow management, rising costs. I mean, you know, look at what happened with Olympus. You know, you can't predict that far ahead. All right. And to take that kind of gamble with your business, I think, is really irresponsible. All right. I want to be able to impart that to as many people as I can. If they really want to preserve and they care about their business, they really need to be more responsible in terms of taking on more order flow than they can really tackle. So again, it comes down to market price, market price, market price. And then as far as equipment, you're getting catch of the day. That's what they have in stock. It is a very real thing. People that need something like right here, right now to get an exact part is, well, that's just not possible on a lot of things. So we are using either an aftermarket component or a different brand. Are the customers brand horse? Do they want everything to match as far as brand or they don't care as long as it's up and running? What are you guys seeing? Who owner doesn't really care. So that's just us. So we can get over that. It doesn't matter if we Frankenstein it. I mean, we, we don't want to, but if we have to, it's okay. I mean, I have pools that are either like all Jandy or all Pentair. And I have a few special pools that have like a Pentair filter, a Jandy pump, and then like, you know, a Hayward heater or an old Hayward salt cell or something like that, or a combination. I really don't notice a difference. Well, there's not. And the point is, is we're going to have to stop calling those special pools because those are going to be the pools of the future. It's just special to me because it's fun to look at. Well, <laughs> it's like gonna... all three people on, it's like three different brands on one pad. It's like, everybody's all getting along. It, it should, it should always be like that. Well, then 2022 is going to be a f-ing blast for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm prepared. So there we go. I'm going to jump on uh, video here in a couple of minutes, but uh, I got to pay attention to the road. Um, so I'm listening right now. I'm trying to increase Dude, my knowledge. Had, are you in between pools right now? You know it. I All should. right, whatever. Thank you. Chill out. Just you shush <laughs> for this okay. game. I'm going to go back to listening. I will say that that is one of your guys' biggest tools right now where you are facing bottlenecks is to be open with your reps. And I don't mean your your OEM reps, but you all have independent reps out there on the market. You know, Bring them in. If you haven't met with them, reach out to them and just sit them down and say, hey, these are my challenges. Within your line list, what can you provide me with a solution? Uh, I know within my line list, chlorine, I have a solution. You can't find a pump, I have a solution. You need a handrail, a slide, a diving board, I have a solution. And those solutions are within seven to 10 business days. Those solutions are USA made, supported by nine different individuals across the West Coast, plus the factory behind you. So with every territory, again, you guys have your independent reps out there. You're familiar with the companies. You can go to distribution and find those contact information. I would encourage you to do that. Every one of us rep major manufacturers to a degree in our portfolios, and every one of them are good. Every one of them have a niche in the industry for a reason. We're not saying that Pentair is bad. We're not saying that whatever you are having an issue with is a horrible company. All we're trying to do is provide a solution for you guys to move forward on. Your guys' success as a service company, as a builder, is our future. You know what I'm saying? If, if you know, A and B pools down the street goes down and they can't build pools, 
for me and my manufacturers, that's just one less person installing our equipment, right? I represent Intermatic. I represent Lasco. Almost every pool on the West Coast has a Lasco fitting and an Intermatic time clock on it. So it's important that, again, if there are issues, the reps out there have solid, solid solutions that you might not heard of, that you might have to take a leap of faith on, and you're going to have to gauge your relationship with that individual to decide if that's a good decision for you. But I mean, a great example, the no chlorine signs that we saw across the West Coast. I can't express to you how frustrating that was for me to see that, knowing that there was chlorine available. Knowing that the reason why it wasn't on the floor was because distribution didn't trust the industry to make a decision and be safe. For as many large liquid chlorine manufacturers as there are, there's a whole bunch of, and it's almost like microbreweries. There's a lot of other folks out there that are making liquid chlorine, and we need to identify who those are. Uh, going back to my retail days, and even in manufacturing, you need to sell the shit you have in stock, but it's important that you have shit in stock. So that's what it comes down to. So you need to make sure you have filters. It doesn't really matter whose filter it is. If you've always been using Pentair, if you've always been using Hayward, whatever, there are other filter manufacturers in this country that produce products that are also reputable brands. So I do agree with Corey. I mean, it might not be what you're used to using, but if Pantera doesn't have what you need, what are you going to do? Just not put a filter on it? I mean, you don't have a choice. Or are you going to wait 10 weeks? No. Sell the shit you have in stock. As long as you have shit in stock to sell, you're good. So we're going to have to make those changes. We're going to have to get over it. We're going to have to, like I said before, we need to stop being brand whores and it's okay to Frankenstein it. Not with chemicals, though. I'm real. We, I have an experience. I have you an have experience, to. Daya. Well, it depends. No, I mean, it depends. Not necessarily with brands, but like it depends because I haven't experienced a liquid chlorine shortage, but I definitely saw a tab shortage, even though I don't use tabs. But I use trichlor for certain things and I haven't. I've had a trichlor shortage. I had I couldn't get muriatic acid, so I had to switch to sulfuric acid. And that's how I learned, you know, about sulfuric acid and salt pools. You're not supposed to do that, whatever. So I had to have, I had to sacrifice some uh, high pH in some of my pools, but, you know, I talked about this in one of our episodes. I heard one of the complaining, like he had to make a decision on his commercial pools because he had some high pH and he couldn't get the muriatic. And then I went through that same thing. And then I actually went through not being able to get, not being able to get stabilizer like just this past week. So so you have yeah, to you this. can like switch brands, but what are you going to do if you can't get stabilizer? There's nothing else you can substitute for cyanuric acid. So, well, then you're just going to have to go with more chlorine. I mean, the whole point, or go with borates, something along those lines. You're just going to have to understand that you know what? For years and years and years, all we ever needed was Plan A, and Plan A always worked. There were very rare occasions that we ran into where Plan A wasn't good, but this year, not only do we need Plan B, we need Plan C and D. You have to be ready at any given time for whatever it is that you're considering your core chemical or your core product to be missing. And then you need to make sure that you have those relationships already set up. You shouldn't go searching for it when you when you can't find it. Find, make those relationships ahead of time, whether it's with the rep, whether it's with the manufacturer. I don't care. Just find the stuff. And, and we also just need to see major education within the enzyme alternative sanitizer and mineral sanitizer world. 
I do run around the country saying, I will educate you. I just like to say that. Well, hey, you're my hero. <laughs> hero, Rudy. This is the time for the enhancer companies, companies like Segura, like Biodex, like PoolRx, NC Brands to really step up and put forth the education to the marketplace of what their products do. Um, they've been around for a while. A lot of people have used them, tried them, didn't believe or stayed with them. Um, this is that time where it's time to solidify. We as enhancer companies have sold more than we ever have. Right now, it's time to solidify that that uh, that usage, and then again, explain to the other guys they're still not using an enzyme in their pools, but are just overdosing with chlorine and are freaking out because they can't find that same chlorine. It's like, no, we, we got to be smarter. The data is out there. The ROI is out there. There are products out there that have the white papers that'll back up. You could use up to fifty percent less chlorine if you just use this product regularly. And that's why you're selling more specialty product because they have to use them. If they, if folks just make that part of their protocol of care, they'll be able to continue forward with lower chlorine levels. And then at least chlorine issue becomes not, not a concern, but less of a concern. I mean, there's obviously, you know, products out on the market to, uh, to help you uh, lower your chlorine usage. There's a lot there. Yeah, there are a lot of great products out there. Absolutely. That's for sure. There really is. And, you know, you're going to have to experiment with them. Something I use a lot different. of enzymes. So I've contributed to the sale of those. I use it. I, I buy it by the gallon. So I'm interrupting Rudy again. Andrea has just interrupted Rudy. This makes this the 22nd episode in a row in the 30th Andrea interruption. She is not rude. It's just sometimes she gets excited and blurts things out. Rudy has the patience of a saint. But yeah, and uh, the Pool RX. <laughs> That's her thing. I've used, <laughs> I've, used, um, I've used the Pool RX before. It's been a while, but I've also used the other one, the Blu-ray XL. So just things like that definitely help. Uh, you just need to with, try them. With chlorine usage. Exactly. Try them. Find out the ones that you like the best and what works for you. But enzymes are my favorite. I just had to jump in. and. She also enjoys the word polyquat a lot. Yes. Yes, I do. So, but yeah, that's the point. I mean, we need to start making these, these specialty chemicals have been around for a long time. Retail stores push them and the folks that have been doing service kind of veer away from them a little bit. And we've, you know, just decided that we didn't need them or not that many of them. Well, guess what? We need them now and they're out there. So experiment, see what fits in with your existing protocol of care, what gives you the best consistent results and go that way. We've got to rebuild from ground up. And for as many questions as we have, we have such a wealth of knowledge, even just in this call alone, such a tremendous wealth of knowledge. Ask people. The only stupid question is the one that you don't ask. Ask. There's somebody that can help you. If we have to go old school, kick it old school. Find Obi-Wan Kenobi and ask him what he's been doing out there 30 years ago, because you know what? Some of that stuff is still around and it still works. Team phosphate remover. We, we charge for the specialty chemicals, stain treatments and, and phosphates treatments are, are really the only two we'll charge or we'll add an additional to the fee for. Are you opposed to adding an algicide if it's an additional charge? No, by no means not opposed. Uh, We'll certainly charge for it. I I just don't have a lot of firsthand experience, good nor bad, using a lot of algicides or the silver or or black algae treatments. Uh, For the most part, it's us been to either dose with chlorine or trichlor or granular, uh, a lot of scrubbing, a lot of brushing, and we 
come back to it next week. If Jeremy, you know what? I have an algaecide that'll cut your chlorine use in half. Are you interested? Sure. I, I think there's a large hole that so many people, including myself, other people, I mean, one pullers or, or pool service companies know so little about these alternatives. I, I know enough of the alternatives from my equipment experience that ozonators and these uh, the, these other chemical feeders will, uh, I have that type of experience. But no, if the local rep from Corey's outfit or the local national uh, NC brands company comes by, man, let, let's sit down and let's get some education here. And that's exactly what Corey was saying before. There's a big lack of education in the industry. I know you guys all know that, you know, somebody has an algae class in a book, but that goes through a lot of those different algicides and things. And it's actually, from what I hear, it's brilliant. But outside of that, there's, we don't, we don't, we don't have a lot of focused training like that in the industry. And that was one of my points in putting those together. I saw that there was a hole in the market. There's not a lot of training on algae. There's not a lot of training on algicide. Any of the courses that are out there glance upon it. Point is, it's not just limited to algae. It's everything. And we need more education out there in the market to support this. And maybe that's what's keeping more folks away from investing in it. We just don't know which one to use. We have a four-month season. We don't have a lot of time to experiment. What do we do? Well, I get told into the whole thing that you and I were talking about with Alan Schnack. I mean, he, uh, I'm he not goes at it a whole different way. Natural pools ever. It's just never going <laughs> to friggin' happen. And we are, see, Joe told me before we went on the call, you have to be nice. And I said, all right, I'll be nice. So I was nice. But the point is, is I'm not letting pools go green just because I don't have chlorine. And then I'm not going to tell people, oh, you know what? Algae's bad. Algae's bad. All of a sudden, algae's the way to go. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> Let me ask you guys something uh, for the service companies that are on here. Are you guys still just with the liquid chlorine usage that you have? Are you still walking to the accounts once a week and just pouring the liquid directly into the pool? Maybe. I'm looking at a smile. Okay. I don't judge. I'm from California. Peace and love. Yes. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm no. That's, what... dirt. <laughs> yes. no, that's yes. pretty much what happens uh, in my area anyway. Um, that's what, that's basically what I do. Well, I switched to doing commercials now so i actually put them put the chemicals in a tank that are fed into the pools now but yes for residential pools that's basically what happens is you walk up to the pool you dump in a two and a half gallon jug you know depending on what the pool needs but usually or some people will do half a jug and a tab or two tabs or whatever and then that's pretty much it and then the customers you know the people are accustomed to like once you if you see the pool person or like on the day that your service is, they pretty much know not to use the pool for a few hours. And then after that, you know, and then by the time you get there next week, then yeah, the, the chlorine is pretty low and it depends on the conditions. It depends on the pool, how much use, blah, 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 whatever. Some pools will still be at a three when you get back. A lot of the times it's not at a three there, but it's lower. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's always, it's interesting to me over the last, well, since the pandemic, the chlorine shortage has happened. I have seen an uptick in ORP, pH, and peristotic pump combinations being installed on residential new builds and on residential service routes. And the thing that to me, I think is the largest opportunity to start relieving some of the pressures that you guys have with chlorine is putting in a peristotic pump with a drum of chlorine on your residential pools. 
you know, commercially, we don't usually typically, I mean, I shouldn't say that in my territory, when we go to a chemical drum, that's full uh, with liquid chlorine for a commercial pool, those pools are usually only 20, 30,000 gallons. And on top of that, we're only putting two or three gallons of liquid in that drum and then filling the rest up with water. And we're good for a couple of weeks. And the reason I'm, we're a, for- I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I run a almost 189,000, I think it is, gallons on just liquid chlorine that I'm filling up the chemical tank three times a week. But those same chemical tanks, they come in much smaller options where it's like a five-gallon container. And again, for the service company to go to your residential accounts and start installing those, you guys are A, saving chlorine because instead of dropping a large amount at the beginning of the week and then writing the peak down to the end of the week, right? you're only adding ounces at a time. It's basically you standing there doing this on a bi-hourly basis, just adding just enough to keep it chlorinated. Um, I feel like, and I've seen it within the service companies, again, my builders, that, that's where they're gravitating for the hardcore liquid users, for the guys and gals that are unwilling to move away from liquid. Um, and, and God bless them, you know, um, I'm not willing to argue with them, but that's their solution. Their solution is to become smarter on the dispensing of their liquid. I would love to see that being normalized around here though. I mean, like it's just. Andrea, Andrea, is there something that you would love to see? Uh, (laughs) Chemical automation. Absolutely. Correct answer. Nice job. Yes. Uh, And we've been saying that for a while now in our broadcast as well, talking about this. One of the ways that you can stretch the chemicals that you are using now is by adding automation because you don't realize how much chlorine is actually being used up unnecessarily in those first two or three days. It could last you the entire week instead of having to ride it out. The same thing with acid. You could do it there. Your salt cells would love you for it if you installed automation. And I think it should go in with the cell. But it's definitely an aftermarket market add-on as well that's going to save that customer. There'll be a lot customer. less of those flakes problems. Yeah, a lot be less a, of the flake problems. There'll be a lot less flakes. Cool dandruff, snowflake, I am. I feel you personally attacked by that stare. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of our pools are tablet-fed or salt. We, we don't do any liquid and that's by, by design. I'm, I'm not in the truck bed or truck bumper replacement business. <laughs> I don't blame it. Well, you know, I, I wasn't either. So, um, and for the same reasons, I really liked my tailgate a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't up for that, but uh, it's a tablet area and I, and that varies by market a lot too. But as far as um, nowadays, we have to find what we can find and that's what we need to use. So as long as tablets are available, keep using them, right? Watch your cyanuric acid levels. I know there's going to be a whole bunch of people that freak out and say, don't use trichlor, it's the devil. But the thing is, is that- Put it in the skimmer basket and watch your total alkalinity. That's my only issue with my experience of people over tabbing pools. The whole auto, the whole automation thing, the whole um, overuse of cyanuric acid, it all comes down to responsible dosing, which is another thing that we need to focus on because so many times folks will add, and I'm going to use copper sulfate, for example. We're going to toss in copper sulfate, a copper algicide, but that person doesn't own a copper test kit. There's limits on those levels too. And that's not a cheap product. Why would I want to put in more than I need? We don't want more than one part per million of copper sulfate. We don't need one part per million of copper sulfate. 
that's the truth. I mean, you're just going to make the pool more prone to staining. But if you can ride it out at what 0.4, I'm happy with that. 0 0.4, 0 0.5 in that area. The point is, is that's two pools worth instead of one. Stretch your buck. Use your test kit. Buy a test kit. If there's something that you put in the pool and you don't own a test kit for it and a test kit exists for it, you are wrong. And you're going to spend money, more money because of it. And I think that lends, that supports automation as well. Why use double the amount just because? I can never remember. You said, what was the max level for copper? One you always surprise me with it. It's one it's, part per million. I, I, Why do I feel like it's 0.2? And where am I getting that from? No one knows. The maximum acceptable level for silver is 0.1. Maximum acceptable level for aluminum is 0.2, but it's not regulated. That's just for odor concerns. It's a recommended level. A big part of the problem too, is that there's not a lot of communication between the different divisions, right? We've got the builders that are building things a certain way, and you've got the service guys that are doing things a certain way. And you've got the retail guys that are selling things a certain way, and they don't always correlate to one another. They don't they don't always communicate with why things are done a certain way. And so when you get that communication between the three different divisions, things run a whole lot more smoothly. And it sounds to me like you have experience in making that happen. So share. Uh, well, we do, we do all of it. So we get we get the guys that are coming in that have built their own pools and tell us what their response. You know, we've, we do free water tests. So we see all of the people come in here's their problems. Here's what's happening. I do the building of it. So I get direct feedback from my service guys on why certain things they don't like done a certain way. You know, something as simple as making sure your plumbing is spaced far enough that the guys can turn the valve easily to shut the skimmers and so main drains off, which, you know, like the, there's just those stupid little things like that make a big difference. If you're building it the way the service guys like dealing with it, that makes it a lot easier to deal with if the service guys are handling things so that the retail guys don't get the stupid questions, then that's another big, uh, a big help. And, and we get a decent number of builders that send their customers to us afterwards, even though we're technically competition, they know that we'll take care of their guys after the fact, just as well as we take care of our own. And, and so I think making those relationships happen can really help as well. So how do you think that we do that on a large scale, though? So it sounds like you have it working well there. How do we branch out with that? Things just like this. There needs to be more communication over the whole United States or even world. We've got friends from France that deal with the hot tub industry. And, and some of the things that they do are so different from what we do. But we can all, we, you, we have all these little regional pockets. And there just needs to be a little bit more communication and open open-mindedness in changing things that we do to maybe make it more cohesive across the industry. We're such a cluster of an industry, right? Like we all have different things that we're doing. She's, certain she's ways welcome and... on the show anytime she wants to be. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, she, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You want to schedule your next uh, interview. Cause... <laughs> it's uh, it's just, we don't, and, and everybody's so set in their ways. Like fiberglass is the only thing we can do. Vinyl is the only thing. And there's so much that we can all learn from each other and pick up little things. Even if you don't take everything, even if I don't take everything Andrea does and bring it back, there's still things that I can learn from you or from Rudier and vice versa, all of us. And I think one of the things that we often forget is we all know what we're doing, but there's things that change or there's things that we can pull or, or learn how to do tweak a little bit differently. And we get too busy and we forget that sometimes I think. 
Well, I love it. And you have a couple of outlets here. We do have, you know, the group that we're in. We can do more of these. Obviously, this was impromptu. And I'm happy the folks that are here are here. And I think actually a small group to start with makes it a little bit more intimate and easier anyway. But we also have Joe. He's got a lot of different platforms where we can get this information out as well. He's got a magazine. He's got a podcast and a bunch of different things going on. So there's no reason that we can't utilize that. You make a really good point, too, because one of the things that I struggled with when I was like, you know, starting to clean new pools is like, I would run into design flaws or like, you know, things like that. And I would have problems with it. And I would have to try to explain to the customer why I'm getting algae in this one little corner that has no flow or like just little things like that. So I am 100% on board. I agree with you. Like there definitely needs to be more communication, more like uh, just in general between all of the different areas of the industry for sure. I used to bartend and it's like uh, the difference between the service guys and the builders and the retail guys is kind of like the difference between night shift and day shift, right? It's always something that the other guy did that was stupid. Why is my house, why is the closing shift always doing this or the opening shift is always that? I'm in that, in that too, yeah. I'm here, I'm here. I'm almost in a backyard. It's it's always good to get other people's opinions and takes and, uh, you know, kind of, um, added into your own uh, skills. Um, I'm Lorenzo. I'm uh, here in Southern California. Uh, I'm all by myself. Uh, so I'm just a one polar. I uh, started up my business a couple, three years ago. And uh, here I am. Going back to everything we talked about. So as far as the service folks, that was one of the big focuses and the builders. It needs to be market price plus. And that's going to have to be a short window. You're going to have to let them know what it is when you buy the product, what their cost is. That's going to be the nice way to do it instead of surprising them on an invoice, at least per pound, right? This is what it is this month. And that's how it's going to have to be for a little while if you're going to quote jobs correctly. Because if you go in with a flat rate, chemicals included, you're going to lose their ass this year. And I'm guessing you won't be in business in 2023. All right. Well, thank you. I don't have anything, but I want to thank everybody for joining us. This was an actual, this was an extra fun episode to do. So it was. Andrea, go through your normal spiel. What do they need to do? Well, Everybody needs to follow, subscribe, like us, uh, leave a nice review and let us know your questions, topics or whatever. If you want to be a part of this, we can probably arrange it again if anybody else has anything else to say. So there it is. You can always reach us at talkingpools at gmail.com. Talkingpools at gmail.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. And right now, go away. (laughs) Thanks for the invitation. I'm glad I jumped on and saw that. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 